Well, today we are in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and it is a fun, it is a fun passage. There's some silliness in it. Um, there's some jokes in it. And this is all part of the same thing where the Corinthian church had been visited by these apostles that had papers from other apostles and Oh, we're super apostles. We're rock star apostles. We're certified, ordained, card-carrying apostles. And we're better than Paul. And that they had said all these things about how they were better than Paul and how Paul really was a junkie disciple and he wasn't the best. And And they taught some other things that were contrary to what Paul taught. And so... Paul has been hinting at how they're wrong and hinting at why you shouldn't listen to these false apostles. And he's kind of been uh, subtle as he's been building his case. Remember, there's one theory that this is actually three different letters put all together. And so it could be that Paul wrote one letter to talk against those false apostles. He wrote another letter to talk about those false apostles. And now this is the come to Jesus letter where he is letting them have it. And he's saying, look, here's the deal. And um, so even if that's even that's a correct theory or not, here at the end of this letter, Paul is really letting them have it. And so remember at the end of chapter 10, the, remember these chapter marks weren't here. The very last bit of 2 Corinthians 10, Paul is talking about what we should boast in and what we should brag about. And what should get us attention or honor. And he finishes it with, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. It is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. See, these false apostles would come and they would brag about how awesome they were and how mighty they were and all the great things. And here's a letter I have of endorsement from Peter. And here's a letter I have of endorsement from James of Jerusalem the head of the church, blah, 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 blah. And Paul is just saying, look, all that's garbage. It's who the Lord commends that counts. So then he says, I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do bear with me. We're going to get stupid. Join me. I feel a divine jealousy for you since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. He's going to start speaking in this language The the old, you know, nowadays you have a best man and you have a maid of honor at a, a wedding ceremony. But in this day, you would have a best man and the best man would be like the uh, uh, the guide, assistant and driver for the groom. And the best man would be the guy that watched out and kept an eye on everything and brought the groom to his wife and introduced them and said, here he is. Okay, it's time to go. Here we are. We're ready to get married. We're ready to have the wedding. And the best man would be the one who would be, hey, are you you all ready, lady? Are you all ready, dude? Okay. Now, you know, now we do the whole uh, let the bride come in, make sure the photographer gets the shot of the first shot of the groom seeing the bride and all that. That was not the case here. So 
When he says, I'm like a best man trying to present you to Christ. He's saying, this is like a marriage. And you, Corinthian church, are like the bride. And I, I don't want you to just be a garbage person when I present you to Jesus. I don't want to present you to Jesus and him to be like, you did, who is she? Right? He wants her to be beautiful and ready. And he wants to present the Corinthian church to Jesus as one who is ready. This language will come up a couple more times in here. But I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. I'm afraid that when I present you to Jesus, you're going to be smooching on this other guy. Think about grossly inappropriate that would be, right? That's what Paul is accusing them of. I don't want you to be deceived by Satan into following some other thing while I'm trying to present you to Christ. I don't want you to be led astray. I don't want you to be distracted. I don't want you to be deceived away from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus other than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit than the, from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. That's like if you think through what he just said, that's really offensive. Y'all are so dumb that if somebody comes and preaches a different thing about Jesus, you just believe it. If somebody comes and has a different spirit, like if somebody, just like think that through for a minute. If somebody came up here and preached and talked about a different kind of spirit that you need to receive other than the Holy Spirit, would that not just totally freak you out? And you'd be like, uh, go I'd run out that side door, right? Get away from me. But they just take it. They're like, ooh, another Holy Spirit. We want it. Remember, this is, these are the Corinthians that wanted to prophesy and speak in tongues and have all these spiritual gifts and have all this rah, 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 rah circus show going on. They wanted to do all these things. And so if an apostle comes with a letter and he preaches that you can get this other spirit that'll help you do this, you can see the future and you can read people's minds and you can build No. So that all sounds easy to discern, right? But what other spirits are we right now in 2022 embracing, right? If that guy came on my property and was stealing something, I'd shoot him in the face. What spirit does that come from? That's not Jesus, right? I'm not going to list anymore because I hate I hate listing bad news. But gosh, if it's not from Jesus, it's not from the Holy Spirit. And that's a perfect, perfect test. If any and these poor Corinthians, they just embrace that stuff. They just embrace those things. You put up with it readily enough and Indeed, I consider I am not in the least inferior to these super apostles. Uh-oh, here we go. 
I am not in the least inferior to these super apostles. Paul is finally speaking up for himself. And he is saying, I am not inferior. All that stuff they said. Even if I'm unskilled in speaking. Look at that. He admits it. So he was accused of being not a very good speaker. And they, they talked bad about him. Historians aren't sure if he stuttered. If he had a, a speech impediment where he couldn't pronounce words the right way, they don't know exactly what it was. But there was something that made it hard for him to speak that he was not he was not the most eloquent speaker. He was not the best movie to go see. Even if I am unskilled in speaking, I am not so in knowledge. He says, I might not be able to speak well, but I am not stupid. Indeed, in every way, we have made this plain to you in all things. Did I commit a sin in humbling myself so that you might be exalted? Because I preached God's gospel to you free of charge. <laughs> he's, he's basically saying, was it a sin for me to not demand money from you the way all of these super, super apostles demanded money from you? Was that a sin? Did I do wrong in that? I robbed other churches by accepting support from them in order to serve you. Now, of course, he's not saying he literally robbed churches, but they're complaining, right, about these apostles come in and they rob us of all their money. They demand money. And, and some people are saying, oh, they're real apostles because they cost money. Hmm. When I was with you and in need, I did not burden anyone for the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied my needs. So I refrained and I will refrain from burdening you in any way. As the truth of Christ is in me, this boasting of mine will not be silenced in the regions of Achaia. And why? Because I do not love you. God knows I do. All right. So that's a little bit of an aside. Um, he's just saying. My work that I do, I do the same way everywhere so that wherever I go, I'm not a burden on anybody. I'm not a burden in Ikea, and I could brag about it in Ikea too. If I go to this place, I could brag the same way. I'm being stupid, and I'm bragging to all of you. This is how I operate. And what I'm doing, oh, I already jumped there. What I'm doing, I will continue to do in order to undermine the claim of those who would like to claim that in their boasted mission, they work on the same terms as we do. What is he saying here? He's saying, I'm going to keep doing it so that I look different than all of these so-called super apostles. Are you ever in a spot and you see somebody that's a Christian doing something and you're like oh my gosh oh dude just shut up and stop this is terrible you're making all christians look bad and then you might go talk to somebody this happens to me and they think that you're a christian just like this christian was and sometimes i'll even tell cindy i'm like i, I almost want to like call ourselves something different like we're jesus followers or we're disciples like i don't want to use the word christian because there are people that are using the name christian that are doing this horrible stupid awful thing and i don't want to be associated with them paul right here is saying 
I am going to continue to do it this way to show you how radically different I am than all of those so-called apostles. Sometimes in love, it is better to just be different. Now he's going to call them out for who they are. He's been subtly saying it. He's been saying, you know, people that come to you, they should be like this. People that preach should be like this. People that teach and talk about the gospel, this is how they should talk. He's not doing that anymore. Now he's saying, these people are, oh boy. Such men are false apostles. This is verse 13. False apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, no wonder they disguise themselves. For even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants, his servants, Satan's servants, whoa, also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. They will get what's coming to them. Okay, so this is a terrible part, but we're going to go there. When somebody preaches a gospel that is not based on Jesus. Like when they say, you can live your best life today. Call now, give money, and you will live your best life. I wish I had some Joel Olstein quotes to quote him directly. That is false. You do not live your best life by donating money to anybody, no matter how holy they are. That is not the gospel. False apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Um, the, this week was the anniversary of... Um, Oh, I forgot his name right when I was going to say it. I'll remember it in a minute. Uh, William Tyndale. William Tyndale was the anniversary this week of him getting killed at the stake. Why did he get killed? Because he translated the Bible into English. And there were people in power in the church in that day that did not want the Bible translated into English because then people would find out what the Bible says. And as long as the people didn't know what the Bible said and they depended on the church to know what the Bible said, they could control them and rule over them. Those people were preaching from the Bible. The people that killed William Tyndale were posing as the church and they were the church as far as power goes. And they were teaching from it. There's stuff that they were teaching that was right and good. And there was stuff that they were teaching that was bad. Terrible. Um, that's why you should always test, test everything I say. Test everything you hear on the radio. Test everything. You hear John MacArthur say something. Always, always come to me. Always come to John MacArthur. Always come to anybody talking about the Bible with an I don't know about that attitude. And then look it up and find it and make it your own and learn it and see what is really true about it. So William Tyndale, I got to say this part. This is my favorite part. In his trial, which was just totally bogus, right? 
he said to the council that was made up of church leaders, if I have my way and the Lord lets me live, even the, the poorest plowboy will know the Bible better than all of you. <laughs> Which is awesome, right? And they killed him. And now uh, Tyndale House Publishers is a book publisher of all kinds of Christian books. And William Tyndale is like the big hero. So, hooray. Let's hear it for boldness, right? The devil parades as an angel of light. The devil is a deceiver. The, de the devil does not look like some vicious thing with horns and a tail and a pitchfork. That is a Greek god. I forget which one, but he's a fawn. And at some point in the Middle Ages, they took this Roman god that looked like a fawn and they said, oh, that's the embodiment of the devil. That's what the devil looks like. And um, we know from history, the devil looks a lot like religious leaders. Don't buy it. Question it. Test it. See if it checks out. Gosh. This is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. That is a thing we can hope for. Talking about Mike, talking about truth. There are times where I will hear a preacher and is such smoke-filled garbage coming out of their mouth. And I pray because I know that I have the Holy Spirit is who speaks to us, not preachers. And I know that people with the Holy Spirit's help will see through that and that they will their end will correspond to their deeds. That the church, the, the, the religious lying people will get what's coming to them. All right, chill out, Solomon. Let's move on. Verse 16, I repeat, let no one think me foolish. Don't think I'm an idiot. But if you do take me as a fool, let me boast a little bit more. If we're going to get stupid, like these guys are stupid, can, will you guys go with me and let's just get a little bit more stupid, is what Paul says. I am saying all this boastful confidence and talking about how awesome I am is just stupid. And I don't say this like the Lord is speaking, but I'm going to talk like a fool. He is basically in person now saying, I'm an idiot and I'm going to impersonate all the super apostles that came to you now. <laughs> I'm going to talk like all of those guys. Since they're boasting about their flesh, since many boast according to the flesh, I too will boast. You love this stuff. You gladly bear with fools since you are so wise. <laughs> like this is really offensive if you just think this through. I've heard about you. Oh, he's like saying, I've heard about your church and you guys love this kind of garbage. So I'm going to talk like this. Um, yeah. It's like if you went to a church, a different church, and you said, I know you guys love it. When I talk like this, so I'm going to talk like this and be like an idiot because you all love that. How offensive is that? Right? That's what he's doing. That's what Paul, that's why this is so, this is really hilarious. If you think through what 
since you guys love that kind of preaching, even though idiots preach like that, I'm going to preach that way. Here it comes. And then he does it. <laughs> no offense to anybody that preaches like that, because I know some people that talk like that, and they aren't idiots. They're awesome. But hear that in the context that it's in, right? All right. You love this. You bear it if somebody makes slaves of you or devours you or takes advantage of you or puts on airs or strikes you in the face. To, um, to my shame, I must say that we were too weak for that. You love it when people give you laws. One time uh, when I was pastor at the rescue mission, I had this guest preacher come in and he just yelled at those guys and he told them they were all going to hell and he brah, brah, brah. And he just yelled and was angry and I fired him. And I, I told him, um, don't come back anymore. Don't, don't preach. That's not how we preach the gospel here. We preach the gospel that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and it offers you mercy. So that was an awkward conversation, right? So he's gone. Next day, I go to the Bible study with my guys. And what do they say? Man, that guy, he really knew how to preach. He really knew how to do it. And I immediately thought of this. You love it. You bear with it. If someone makes slaves of you or devours you or takes advantage of you, puts you down. But those guys, that was what well, they grew up hearing what horrible hellfire destined people they were. And so that made them feel at home. The problem is that's not the gospel. And that that's not what carries us into heaven, right? And then Paul, he says, to my shame, I must say we were too weak for that. He's basically saying, I couldn't preach like that if I tried. I am just not man enough to preach that kind of law on people. Whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I'm speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast of that. Now, this part is really awesome. Because Paul knows what everybody's been bragging about and what their letters are and what their credentials are. And he's like, okay, are we going to measure by that ruler? We can measure by that ruler if you want to. If, you, if this is how you want to judge people, judge me. Listen to this. Are they Hebrews? I'm a Hebrew. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm a better one. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? So um, if you use the YouVersion Bible app, whenever you underline a Bible verse, it tells all of your friends that are also on the app that you underlined a verse. And this morning I was, I was going back over this and I saw that and I thought, I wonder what would happen if I underlined that and all of my friends on the app saw Dan Sullivan underlined a verse and they look it up and it would say, are they servants of Christ? I'm a better one. <laughs> Paul, are they servants of Christ? I'm a better one. I'm talking like a madman. He says that little side thing in there. He's like, don't, don't take me out of context here. With far greater labors, far more imprisonments, countless beatings and often near death. Whoa. Have your super apostles that are so mighty and talk about Jesus so strong have they ever been beaten almost to death for it 
Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Under Levitical law, if you did wrong, you would get beaten 40 times. No more, because it's, it would be disgraceful at that point. And if, I mean, even there in the law, God loves, loves people and he wants to honor them. And he doesn't want to dishonor anyone made in the image of God. So even if you deserve to be whipped, you're only going to get whipped 40 times. Because beyond that is just brutal. And it's going to make you look bad as the one doing the whipping. Because you should not ever want that kind of vengeance on somebody. It's going to make that person dishonored because they got whipped so bad. So what they would do is they would have a person whose job it was to count how many times you got whipped. And because they were so dead set on not breaking even the littlest bit of the law, they would only strike you 39 times because if they strike you over 40 times, they break the law. And so you'd have a guy watching. And so, so there's Jim and Levi's going to count and Jim is going to strike me on the back. And Levi's going to keep count. And all of a sudden, Levi's going to go, whoa, that's 39. And Jim's going to say, are you sure it's 39? And they're all going to be like, yep, yep, yep. Everybody's been counting. Y'all been counting. Okay, we're at 39. Okay, good. And then Jim's going to give me one last whack. Bam. That's the last one. So they called it the 39 plus one. Paul received that five times. Five times he went through that. And remember, all that horrible stuff that happens in the last half of the book of Acts, the shipwreck, the being washed ashore, the, the being arrested and getting beat up and, and all that, none of that's happened yet. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. That doesn't count the 40 lashes, right? Once I was stoned. When they would stone you, there were a couple different ways they would do it. Sometimes they would all circle around you and everybody would throw rocks at you in a circle. If they had the chance, because it's hard to throw rocks hard enough to kill somebody, right? This is, we're rated R at this point. So um, they would throw you off a cliff. And then they would drop rocks on you because dropping, you can, you can throw a heavier rock further if they drop a rock on you. And then you're buried and you're away from everybody and nobody's going to touch an unclean body. And that's just a whole lot more convenient is to push you off a cliff and then throw rocks on you. That happened to Paul. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. You read that and you're like, a night and a day? At the end of the book of Acts, it was 14 days. On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, in danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, meaning you didn't have enough to 
protect you from the elements. Apart from other things, there's the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Paul has been through it. And he's saying, look, y'all, if you believe somebody just because they brought a letter from James that said this guy is cool. Listen to me. Because listen to everything that I have done for the gospel. Listen to everything that I have gone through. Don't listen to somebody's credentials or the class they took. Look at what I've done. Apart from other churches is the daily pressure on me of all anxiety for the churches. I mean, you guys all know this. I've just recently entered into this world of uh, a kid that is not at home and is out of my sight for 24 hours a day all the time. Right? So I kind of have this constant, ongoing, lingering anxiety about David. And he's in Shreveport. And I check the weather in Shreveport. And it's just kind of me. It's, it's like this little back. It's like tinnitus almost. It's just like me. And then all of a sudden he comes home. And he's in the neighborhood. And, and I have just that little bit goes away. Paul had that for every church he had been to. Look at the map in the back of your Bible of his missionary journey. Number one, number two, and number three. He cared about every person he ever met. And he's saying, look, if you're not going to believe me and listen to me for all these horrible things I've been through, do you know I daily carry the weight of every single person I've ever preached the gospel to? Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to fall and I am not indignant? Whatever happens in any of those churches that I've preached to and planted affects me still. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, he who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. At Damascus even, the go- the, he all of a sudden he gets distracted and then he remembered this other thing. Oh yeah, at Damascus, the governor under King Eretus was guarding the whole city of Damascus in order to seize me but I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. Like, y'all, I I am not doing this because it's fun. I'm not doing this because I make a whole lot of money at it. And I'm not doing it because I get a whole bunch of attention because sometimes I have to sneak out of a city in a basket. (laughs) So I was praying about this and like, Lord, how does this apply to any of us? And I want, I want to encourage you, O oh, apostles of Westminster, that there's a lot of times that we think, I could never do that. I could never be a missionary. I could never tell somebody the gospel. I could never teach somebody any amazing truth from the Bible. And the reason why you think that is because our culture thinks that you have to have a seminary education you have to have a certificate you have to have what um, what one famous preacher said empty hands laying on empty heads when he described what ordination is 
your ordination to be a messenger of God happened when you believed in him. As soon as you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit and you were given gifts that are supernatural. And some of those supernatural gifts might be teaching and caring and talking. In Ephesians, it says God gave apostles, pastors, evangelists, shepherds and teachers to do the work to build up the body of Christ. And so wherever the body of Christ is, somewhere in that group, God has given an apostle, a pastor, no, a prophet, an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a shepherd, and a teacher to build up that group. And as Paul goes through this list of justifying why he should be listened to, Notice how much of this is just sincere love. He just sincerely loves Jesus. And he loves Jesus and he loves Jesus' people and he loves the body of Christ. And that is his qualification. And his love for Jesus has been tried and tested through beatings, through poverty, through difficulty, through hard work, through sleepless nights. And he still loves Jesus. And so... The next time you start to get ripped off and somebody says, and it might even be you, I could never do that, or the Lord wouldn't do that with me, um, get mad at yourself. <laughs> like Paul got mad at people saying that he was a false apostle because the Lord, the Lord really loves to show off in you and he loves to speak through you to one-on-one um, -on -one in the grocery line or to thousands and thousands, uh, however, however he may do it. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you, Lord, that we are all instantly qualified to be apostles as soon as your Holy Spirit comes into us. We praise you, Lord, that we don't have to get whipped 39 plus one times, we don't have to get beaten by rods, um, that we live in such a culture and such a free place that we can preach your gospel and we can tell people your good news without, without any kind of fear like that. And I pray that you would empower us, Lord. Give us opportunities. Give us the strength to do it. Give us the faithfulness to speak and to say the things that you give us to say. Thank you so much for dying on the cross for our sins and rising from the dead and giving us life. We praise you, Lord. Amen.